climate change fanaticism, Marxism, and teenage anxiety next on One Nation. Don't cry, don't raise your eye, it's only teenage wasteland. These are the words from the classic 1971 song Teenage Wasteland by the British band The Who. They created the song as a reaction to the teenagers wasted on drugs at Woodstock and around the world. Today, it's not wasteland, it's only teenage angstland. Hello, America. Welcome to One Nation. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Jacobs. It's only teenage aches land. What's that all about? Well, we live today what psychologists call a day and age of echo anxiety. Echo anxiety is a malady where many young people across the world and America are experiencing profound angst and anxiety because they have been taught that there is a countdown to Armageddon due to cataclysmic, catastrophic, existential climate change. I mean, who doesn't remember Greta Thunberg at the 2019 UN summit when Greta said this? This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering, people are dying, entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? People are dying, mass extinction. Now listen carefully. Did you hear her say economic growth? There's a lot going on behind the words of this young teenager from Sweden. I think she was 15 years old then. We're going to hear from her later on. But remember the words economic growth. Now, back when I was in high school, there was an organization founded called Greenpeace. In its early days, it wasn't so radical. In fact, if you talk to the co-founder, Pat, Dr. Patrick Moore, who has left the movement a long time ago, he said he, he believed it was founded for good environmental reasons, but he saw within a few years that it was taken over by hardcore leftists with a very specific political agenda. And this is what we're dealing with today. We're dealing with a lot of hardcore, radical leftist, socialist, Marxist organizations that are using climate as a tool, as a Trojan horse, to bring government control into the lives of not only Americans, but millions of people across the world. In 2018, there was an organization created called Extinction Rebellion. Here they are saying climate change means war, and literally they mean by any means necessary to declare war on not only fossil fuels, but free enterprise, what they call, or Karl Marx called, capitalism. 
A few years after the Extinction Rebellion came another organization called Just Stop Oil. Just Stop Oil. And for those of you watching live, for you podcasters, I'm showing a picture of a bunch of young kids, high school, college age, who were uh, behind a sign that says Just Stop Oil. Now, this is interesting. We started out with Greenpeace and then Extinction Rebellion and then Just Stop Oil. Well, what's behind this Just Stop Oil Extinction Rebellion? Well, it's a gentleman by the name of Roger Holman, 56-year-old Roger Holman. He's not only the founder of, of uh, uh, Extinction Rebellion, he's also the founder of Just Stop Oil, which started in this year, 2022. The dude is shacking up with a 24-year-old uh, just-stop oiler German girl by the name of Frida Lurkin. She's 24 years old. They, they live in a flat in South London. And he's written a book, This Home. And now, by the way, he's one example of hundreds and thousands and thousands of teachers at the high school, college, middle school, even elementary level, that are trying to create this eco-anxiety into the minds of millions and millions of young people across the land. So his, one of his latest books is this, Advice to Young People, as they face annihilation. Now, it's interesting, that word annihilation in German is Vernichtung. It is the word used by Adolf Hitler when it came to the murder factories during World War II. I would imagine Frieda Lurken understands that word annihilation. Now, stop and think of this. You see Greta talking about mass extinction. People are dying. It's cataclysmic, catastrophic. You know, it's countdown to Armageddon. According to Ocasio-Cortez and the IPCC, we only have seven years and about 330 days left till the world goes to hell in a handbasket. So, but what, what I, what I want to do is pull back the curtain of this insanity of these lies and deception whose ultimate goal is more government control in our lives by a thousand means necessary. So, I mean, even the uh, Extinction Rebellion tweeted this about a month ago. I've got to read it to you. Here's Extinction Rebellion out of Oxford. The climate crisis will spiral out of control unless the world applies emergency brakes to capitalism and devises a new way of living, according to a Japanese academic whose book on Marxism and the environment has become a surprise bestseller. Now, did you see that? The bad guy, the bad player, is free enterprise, what Karl Marx called capitalism. And the good player is Marxism. Thank God that that little dog, Toto, is pulling away the curtain that is behind what we see going on with this echo-anxiety. It is neo-Marxism. You can call it by a thousand different words, but its ultimate roots are totalitarian, authoritarian Marxism. Let's look at the title of, of what The Guardian says, or excuse me, the title of the book by this Japanese Marxist. It is, it's towards the idea of a degrowth communism. Did you hear that word, degrowth? Do you remember when Greta Thunberg, when she talked about all oh, you could think about is economic growth? And here's this very famous Marxist environmental, you know, eco-communist book 
that says we have to have degrowth communism. We have to, in essence, destroy free enterprise and, and capitalism because it's evil. So isn't this interesting? The relationship between a Marx-Weltanschauung worldview and the climate change fanaticism that's out there, they actually work in tandem with each other. Let's see what the left-wing guardian said, by the way, about this Japanese Marxist book. It's a new way of life. The Marxist post-capitalist green manifesto captivating Japan. Here's another ref reflection of the Extinction Rebellion called the Marxist wannabe. Extinction Rebellion is a wannabe Marxist rebellion in disguise. Now look. I understand. People are going to say, look, Jake, you got some Loonberg lefty kind of crazy young girl from Sweden. She was becoming a rock star, you know, at the United Nations. And, uh, and it's, she's just a fringe re re reference to what's happening here. And I, I showed you a number of books, a number of items related to that. And you may say, okay, these are just extreme expressions within the world of climate change. Before we go on to talk in detail about that, you've got to see some of these crazy... Uh, in England, I used to live in England, went to University of Brighton. When you'd meet somebody that really was not a clear thinker and was easily impressionable and uh, influenced by ideological uh, ideas, you know, uh, bizarre ideas, uh, Eric Hoffer called them the true believers. Well, in England, they call them the nutters. So a friend of this uh, Roger Holman's girlfriend, uh, Friedrich Lurken, who's 24, like I told you, they're living in this flat in South London. Well, her name is Louise Harris. She's a graduate of Cambridge University. Yes, the Cambridge University, that's the oldest university, uh, one of the oldest universities in the world, right? You know, you got Cambridge and Oxford, and then, of course, Harvard and Yale were, were copied after Cambridge and Oxford. And so this young lady is a graduate. But remember, when she's at Cambridge, she's learning from these climate fanatic professors. And she was learning the same stuff when she was in high school. And so there is a, um, what do you call it, uh, um, a, a ring road. In America, they call it a beltway. Over in England, they call it a ring road. So you got the London metropolitan area. Huge, huge area. And there's a, there's a ring road or a beltway that goes all around London. It's called the M25. And by the way, it's important to note that the Heathrow Airport is near there. That's very relevant to where we're going here. So what these just, uh, just say no to oil or just stop oilers do is they actually go on the overpasses or they take cars and they put them into the middle of the highway or they will uh, some of these nutters will actually glue themselves to the road and in the cause of saving the planet so i want you to listen to this 24 year old cambridge graduate by the name of louise harris by the way her teacher was roger holman remember the book Remember the book? What was it called? Advice to Young People as They Face Annihilation. Here goes. Hello, my name is Louise. I'm 24 years old. And I'm here. I'm here because I don't have a future. And you might hate me for doing this. And you're entitled to hate me. But I wish 
issue and direct all that anger and hatred at our government. They are betraying young people like me. I would love to be there if they did their lawful duty to their own citizens. I'm part of the Just Stop Oil Coalition demanding an end to all new oil and gas licenses in the UK. What we're asking for is what all the scientists are asking for, what the United Nations are asking for, the International Energy, the IPCC. How many more people have to say we don't have a livable future if you continue licensing oil and gas for you to listen? Why does it take young people like me up on a gantry on the M25 for you to listen? I, I, I have to tell you, I, I'm sitting, I got lost in the moment. I, I really did. I... I, I've taught high school and college for, for many, many years. First time I ever stepped into a classroom was 1977. And I, I see that, and it, it gets me angry at the education system in, in England, in Europe, in America, where leftism, wokeism, climate fanaticism has taken over, and it's poisoned the minds of our young people. It's not just the young people. So don't, don't think, oh, Jake, this is just a couple of, you know, loony lefty kids who kiddies who don't know any better. A lot of these kids, they, they've gone to Harvard and Yale and Cambridge and Oxford and University of Nottingham and Berkeley and Madison. And they get this stuff in their heads and they become radical militant activists. I do feel sorry for the young lady. Some, hopefully we can pull her out of that madness. And by the way, it's interesting because where she was, this M25 Heathrow Airport. Oh, you mean jets? You mean, Jake, you mean literally hundreds and thousands of jets come and go to that airport in Gatwick and airports across the world? Is there a reason why Just Stop Oil and Extinction Rebellion and these Greenpeace radical leftists are actually doing this around automobiles, around airports. I want you to see just a few more of these college and high school uh, kids full of teenage angstland. I'm locked onto one car and the entrance to this tunnel is blocked. I just don't know if they're going to do anything. And I just, I'm so concerned with the fact that if they're not going to change anything, then what's going to happen to humankind? What's going to happen to our, what's going to happen to the whole world? What is worth more, art or life? Is it worth more than food? Worth more than justice? Did you, did you see that young girl? She looked like she was 14 years old. She thinks that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's coming to an end. And when Roger Hallman writes a book called Advice to Young People as They Face Annihilation, this is child abuse. This is insanity. These kids, they have anxiety, echo anxiety, echo angst. It is a teenage angst land. But these kids are being manipulated by professors and teachers, by radical activists, leftists. 
and it really is disgusting. You know, I mentioned that that uh, Heathrow uh, Airport in Gatwick, which is by the M25, Heathrow especially. I've been there a number of times. Uh, I got I went to University of Brighton. I've taken students to London doing historical tours of the Parliament, etc. cetera. Uh, even got my PhD awarded in London, England. And I love London. I love England. But I've experienced a lot of the radical lefty professors firsthand and it's interesting because out of uh it was a consortium of of universities uh, oxford cambridge nottingham uh the imperial college of london and i think university of bath was a study that was called absolute zero absolute zero now you and i have become accustomed to hearing uh net zero you know 1.5 to stay alive 1.5 so we can survive and all this stuff and absolute zero in this study said no 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 net zero is not good enough by uh, 2050. we need absolute zero what that means is we need absolutely no fossil fuels no fracking uh, no uh, liquid natural gas, no internal combustion engine, no jets. In fact, they've even said in this report, by the way, done by a number of so-called brilliant professors from Cambridge and Oxford, you know, and, and the Imperial College of London. Absolutely no airplanes. Get rid of them all. Well, we'll give you some time by 2029. We'll let Heathrow go till 2029. But after that, gone. Not just Heathrow and Gatwick, but O'Hare, but the Reagan International. All the airports of the world must be gotten rid of. All of airplane uh, transportation through fossil fuels must be fine. No more shipping. You got to stop shipping because shipping is evil. It's destroying the planet. <laughs> no, oh, wait, wait, wait. We've heard me say this before other programs. No more meat, no more lamb, no more beef, bugs, bugs, bugs. Advocation of bug plants from Decatur, Illinois to Toronto, uh, Canada, all the way to Holland. Uh, this is expanding with the European Union World Economic Forum. So the point is, these absolute nutters are believing in something called absolute zero. So when you hear this net zero, it is really only in the direction of their ultimate goal of the total destruction of what we understand as fossil fuel energy. It is crazy stuff. Now, just a little while, well, actually, it, we're, uh, we're finishing up with COP27 in Egypt. All the big elites and mucky mucks from all around the world, the Igors, I meant Al Gores of the world, and the John Kerry's of the world, and the Joe Biden's of the world, and all these uh, leaders of the world, Trudeau's, are flying into Egypt to give each other, to sermonize each other about horrible fossil fuels and how to go totally with solar and wind, unreliable solar and wind. But even beyond that, they're calling, they're in essence saying, we have to make the rich countries pay the poor, oppressed, poor uh, developing nations of the world. The Western nations are evil. America is evil. Western Europe is evil. So Western Europe, they must pay money to Africa, Latin America, and along the way, the communist Chinese, they are absolutely laughing to the bank. 
China has pumped out more pollution in eight years from 2013 till today than the United Kingdom has since, uh, what, 220 years, going back to like 1750. You know, right, right even before the Industrial Revolution, China's going crazy. Right now, China is exploding with coal, is exploding with li liquid natural gas, is developing nuclear power like never before. China understands they want energy. It's why their military is expanding, their navy, their army. It's why they're expanding geopolitically around the world and purchasing, purchasing land in Panama, Argentina, all around Latin America. America, all around Asian Pacific area, all around various ports within Europe. I'm not making this stuff up. It's another topic for another time, but here's the point. Every time you have the COP25, COP26, COP27, you know, every time you get together at Paris Accords in Glasgow and they lecture how horrible American is, what a horrible polluter American is, and they always say, America, you have to pay. You have to pay up to the poor countries of the world. People, it's a redistribution of wealth. They even call it reparations. That America and other prosperous nations that flourish because of fossil fuels, that flourish because of the innovativeness and creativeness of fossil fuels, they now have to pay these third world countries, these poorer countries, money. They have to print it, they have to spend it, they have to borrow it and take care of these nations. Of course, these poor countries love it. But in the meantime, what they don't need printed money, what they need now more than ever before is oil, is natural gas, is nuclear energy, so they can prosper, so they can flourish, so they can expand their economies. People, this is a ruse. Now, I want you to hear something by Greta Thunberg. It's very interesting. Listen to her words again, people. You can hear the socialism. You can hear the Marxism. You can hear, you can hear the books that she has been reading beyond just this Roger, Roger, is it Tolman again? Was it Roger Tolman? Beyond him, not Tolman, what's his name again here? Excuse me, Roger Holman. You can hear the Marxist writers that are influencing and shaping her worldview. Listen closely to the words she speaks just a few weeks ago. Here goes. We are never going back to normal again because normal was already a crisis. What we refer to as normal is an extreme system built on exploitation of people and planet. It is a system defined by colonialism, imperialism, oppression, and genocide by the so-called global north. Did you hear that? Colonialism, imperialism, oppression, genocide by the global north. Global north is just a phrase these pinheads, these intellectual pinheads have created that means the Western developed countries. This terminology has been used by Marxists and socialists for a long, long time. And so in essence, she's getting it. You can, you can sense the Marxism, socialism shaping her worldview, her thinking. 
So America should give money to Latin America, Asia, Africa. By the way, that's not new. If you go back to 1972, the Club of Rome, by the way, who's one of the big contributors, father was a, uh, an amigo of uh, uh, Benito Mussolini, the fascist Benito Mussolini, Fiat. So if you study the Club of Rome, no time to get into the details with that, but you recognize the Club of Rome was founded by a bunch of elitists who were looking to have more world control, who were the antithesis of life and liberty uh, in, in America or across the world for that matter. And in 1972, they came out with a book called Limits of Growth. There's that word again. You hear that? Degrowth communism. There she is. All, you know, there's Greta saying, all you can do is think of economic growth. Yes, free enterprise is about economic growth because it's about prosperity and flourishing. It is about enjoying the fruits of one's labor, not some redistribution, reparations, scheme, scam that's created by a bunch of Marxist socialist wannabes or actual Marxists and socialists. This is something we need to recognize when you pull the curtain back on this whole climate fanaticism, people. Is it really is a form of, you could say, a neo-climate Marxism that uses, that in essence is looking for more government rules, regulations, control of our lives. And mark my words, when Chuck Schumer says that President Biden should call a climate emergency, when Greenpeace and Extinction Rebellion and Just Stop Oil folk say that the Prime Minister of England, the Prime Minister of, of the Netherlands, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, they should all call a climate emergency is just another way of saying declaring a Marxist revolution across the land. I mean, you, you, if, you, if you study a lot of these uh, organizations like socialistrevolution.org, you'll see that they'll have signs like capitalism is killing the planet. Fight for socialist revolution, socialistrevolution.org. This is absolutely bizarre, people, that somehow Karl Marx, when he was mooching off of his family, mooching off of Engels, a horrible, horrible husband that he was, and sitting in the British Museum pontificating about his scientific socialism, that don't you know all along he was about saving the planet with Nancy Pelosi and Greta Thunberg and many others. But I tell you what. Greta Thunberg is not in good standing right now with the COP27 folk. She's not in good standing with some of these climate uh, fanatics that are out there. You know why? Because she said that the COP27 was a scam, which it is, but for different reasons. And she says all they do is blah, 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 and talk, talk, talk. Well, you know, she's on to something. Because what COP27 is is nothing but a, a bunch of elitist businessmen, millionaires, billionaires who jet set and fly into Egypt and they whine and they dine and they scheme and they scam about their plans for more government control. What was Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, doing there? Why was Klaus Schwab just a few days ago at G20, this unelected official, lecturing the leading nations of the world about economics. You know why? Because Klaus Schwab is the one who said, the next crisis is climate change. The next crisis is climate change. And so he works with Bill Gates, and he works with the General Secretary of the United Nations. 
Now, it's interesting. I just talked about how uh, Greta is no longer in good standing with COP27 and a lot of these climate folk. Well, there's a new rock star who has echo anxiety. Her name is Sophia Chiani. She's 20 years old. She's a student at Stanford University. She's majoring in environmental studies, and she's, a, she's been appointed as the youngest advisor to the United Nations. And for my podcasters, I'm showing a picture of this young lady uh, with the General Secretary, Antonio Guterres. I want you to hear what Ganto, uh, excuse me, Antonio Guterres had to say just a few weeks ago about global global catastrophe. Here goes. We are headed for a global catastrophe. The emissions gap is a byproduct of a commitments gap, a promise gap, and an action gap. And that gap must be filled, starting with COP27 in Egypt. Developed countries must lead in boosting their national climate plans. And I recognize the principle of common but differentiated responsibilities in the light of national circumstances. But the emerging economies must also do more if you are to have a fighting chance of keeping 1.5 alive. 1.5 alive. General Secretary of the United Nations saying there's a catastrophe. And there you just saw a pic of him with his 20-year-old Zoomer. Standing with that climate change fanatic boomer, Guterres. You know that 70% of the Zoomers in the state of Wisconsin voted for Governor Tony Evers, who used to be the head of the Department of Public Instruction? You don't think there's a relationship between climate change fanaticism and education? There most certainly is. Way Over 60-plus percent of the Zoomers voted for leftism, voted for climate change fanaticism, voted for sugar daddy socialism. That's why they adore the socialist squad. Now, who is this Antonio Guterres? He used to be the prime minister of Portugal. He was the socialist prime minister of Portugal. He belonged to the Portuguese Socialist Party. He used to be the president of the Socialist International. I am not making this stuff up, people. The head of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, who says that we're heading towards catastrophe, We've got to have more money, more redistribution of wealth. We've got to have more America paying more, more American tax dollars paying more to save the planet. It's a socialist. He's been a socialist his whole life. The Socialist International is a vile, vicious, evil, corrupt organization. It's important for us to recognize that. One more thing as we get ready to, ready to wrap up here. I want you to hear Antonio Guterres Talk about climate hell. Here goes. And the clock is ticking. We are in the fight of our lives and we are losing. Greenhouse gas emissions keep growing. Global temperatures keep rising. And our planet is fast approaching tipping points that will make climate chaos irreversible. We are on a highway to climate hell with our foot still on the accelerator. That's unreal. <laughs> Listen to just a few words from the 1979 ACDC song, Highway to Hell. I'm on the highway to hell, hey Satan, paying my dues. Look at me, I'm on the highway, to the, I'm on the way to the promised land, I'm on the highway to hell. I gotta tell you something, America. 
We're not on the highway to hell because of climate change, uh, climate, legitimate climate change. There's no countdown to Armageddon. This is old hackney fanaticism that's been around since the beginning of time. I've seen it a thousand times over in my own lifetime. If we follow what these people are about, if we continue to let the climate fanatics, the government schools, the United Nations, the European Union, the World Economic Forum, the Biden Democrats and the rhino wage war on American energy, printing trillions of dollars and declaring like Nancy Pelosi that we save the planet. If we allow them to continue their war on law and order, their war on women, their war on biology, science, common sense, their war on Christianity, liberty, and economic prosperity, that will truly be a road to serfdom, a highway to hell. So it's important for us to educate ourselves day in and day out to understand the nefarious nature of these leftists, these woke folks from the World Economic Forum to the United Nations. We need to educate our youth, our children, so they do not have echo anxiety and and read stupid, crazy works about annihilation and countdown Armageddon. We must seek God and his wisdom. And then you and I work to change the culture, the society, one day and one person at a time. So my fellow Americans, stay the course, learn, expose the darkness with the light of truth. And until we meet again, Godspeed, God bless, and happy trails to you.